1: Footballers DFS podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts.
0: Welcome in. It's week one. We're here, ready to spend some money with you on DFS, the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. I am your lovely host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I'm joined by my fellow doppelganger, Matthew Betts.
1: Dude, today is the day for black shirts and black Backwards hats, so yeah, man, we're ready for week one, rolling up wearing the same thing, which we did not plan, by the way. Um, and I don't know about you, you said we're going to be spending money week one DFS. I plan on making money week one DFS, so that's my strategy in week one. Hopefully, it's the same for the listeners.
0: No, yeah, I'm just talking about the field. The field is going to be burning their money tonight. We're recording this on Thursday. They're going to be burning it away on Thursday while you and I pick off a ton of people in the DK lobbies. But yeah, I feel like we're wearing the official, I don't know, bro gear of those that work in fantasy football i mean i'm wearing my kyle pitts jersey right now in a backwards hat you're wearing a classic 55 shirt a classic footballer shirt in a backwards hat but i mean that's the work from home gear i guess
1: i'm a company man dude i pretty much rotate through my footballers gear a couple hats and uh either shorts or sweatpants and i usually try to avoid looking nice because my wife says why don't you just dress up like you're working why don't you just you know put on normal clothes i'm like Come on, come on. It's, you know, we got to It's a brand. It's a lifestyle. I can't put out good content unless I'm wearing a backwards hat and a footballer t-shirt. I wanted
0: to, I threw this out to fellow deucers, Brooks and Jeremy. I said, hey, what if today we wear a shirt and tie? Like we really come out and say, hey, this is, this is, this business time. I mean, it's football time, duh. But it's time for us to really step up our game. But, you know, coming to a studio near you is the deucer cam that we'll have on the main show. So I got to start dressing up a little bit more. Um. I, I suggested just showing up today just in a blazer. No shirt under that
1: <laughs> power move.
0: That would be a power move if I just show up uh, <laughs> bare chested with a blazer on. But this episode is jam packed. In fact, when I was looking through our segments, I was like, we should probably cut half the stuff, but we love the people way too much on this episode. We will go through our cash picks. The ones that we have in our current player pool, you and I just put out our FanDuel and DraftKings cash articles that comes out on Thursday, and then our GPP picks come out on Friday. That was a whirlwind just to let people know, like, here's who to put in your pool. So we'll do that. We'll go through the games that we want to stack in the stack attack. We'll battle out little battle royale, prop it like it's hot, and then finish with a classic mailbag because we got some questions from our week one listeners. But any general feelings about this slate or how you're feeling starting to construct lineups?
1: there's so many options. I mean, that's the kind of take home that I had when I was writing my cash article is like, there's so many ways you can go on this slate because we have, you know, most teams without the bye weeks. And so it's kind of, I think a tough slate for cash. We also have said all off season, like be careful in week one. don't just fire off your entire bankroll because we, you know, every year are so confident that we think we know what's going to happen in the NFL season and things just go haywire, right? Every time. And so I want to caution people, not to don't have funds, like Go nuts and do your thing, but just be mindful. We know less than we think we know in these games. And so for me personally, I'm going heavier GPPs this week than cash, which usually I'm more of a cash player. So um, it's about that GPP life in week one.
0: I already set up my head to heads, which is a little bit earlier than what I usually do. Um, I also started to reserve some of the contests. So if you're one of those people that doesn't have the best self-control when it comes to tournaments, uh, just get to reserve the ones you want. So like the engage eight is one that you and I play a lot. It's a three max. That's super easy to be able to, to enter. A couple of single entries that I know I want to get in. And then, of course, for cash, you and I say, like go in those massive you know, $25 entries where it's like 22,000 people are in there and you just need to be better than half the field. So those are the contests. We'll throw out some more of those on Twitter, the contests that we're in, and especially the ones that are in our DraftKings League. I need to say this now, and I know at the end of this episode I'll give another call, but so many people – I get all the notifications for it, have joined our DraftKings League. But it's puzzling to me. I think people think that when they join the league, they're automatically entered into every contest. Those contests are just sitting there. So what I want to do is I want to surprise DraftKings by saying, hey, this 1,000-person tournament that we have opened, I want us just to smash that thing. I want that to be completely filled up. So right now, if you're listening, go on our DraftKings League and go to ballersdfs.com, and then make sure you enter the $5 1,000-person tournament that you can battle against me, Bets and a ton of different listeners. Uh, yeah, I just want to make sure that those contests are right there in front of you against fellow listeners and it will be super fun to play. If you want all of our content, you can go to dfspass.com, use the promo code DFSpod if you want to get 10% off and as Bets always says, I feel like every week you're going to bring up a different thing that you know, this is a much as as much cost for people to do this, so it's what like $2 and what 17 cents or something a week
1: cheaper <laughs> cheaper if you oh use the promo God. code it's two dollars and 14 cents per week so skip a cup of coffee out of starbucks or whatever you know just grab the dfs pass and we kind of jokingly say this every year but the truth is it does pay for itself so get up in there um the content is great obviously we're biased but the content is great and the price is even better so um man i feel like week one i'm just so excited let's break it down
0: yeah and we will put out a roster percentage report on friday we'll update it on saturday and uh, we have lots of listeners that are asking questions on Discord and they're getting answered. So make sure you join all of us in there. But let's talk about our cash picks. Straight cash, homie. We're going to make this relatively quick. And some of these names will be ones that we talked about on Tuesday. We've kind of short some things up. I've actually already done the process. You and I, we would say this is our favorite part of what we do is I screenshot. Hey, this is where I'm at in cash and then you start to pick it apart. And I'm still waiting for that screenshot from you that says, here's where I've landed. But I mean, it's Thursday, and I think we have a pretty good idea of who's in our pool, right?
1: We do, and the reason I haven't been building yet is because, I mean, we're recording this on Thursday. I'm still getting ready for Thursday Night Football and building my showdown lineups, GPP Life and MME Life for me this week. But when we start the cash conversation, we talked about it last episode on Tuesday. There's really two guys for us that I think are are the quarterbacks in cash that we would play. I prefer the savings to go down to Jalen Hurts at 6800 You can make just as good an argument for Lamar Jackson at 7300 Matchups for both guys, I mean, absolutely beautiful. We'll talk about the Lions for Jalen Hurts. And you talk about the Jets for Lamar Jackson. And not to get too narrative-based here, but, I mean, the dude is pushing for a new contract. If there's ever a week to come out and prove that he's worth it, dude, week one against the Jets, I think they're both going to smash.
0: Yep, yeah, those are our two points preferred cash game quarterbacks. I think Hertz will be more popular because he's cheaper on FanDuel. He's already in my lineup. So part of me wants to just split the difference and play Lamar on DraftKings and play Hertz on FanDuel and just be happy in both regards. But I think those are the best options. Lance is tempting, but I'm probably going to wait, and I don't like that game total as much. We'll talk about some of the other quarterbacks from a GPP perspective because Justin Herbert is showing up really strong in our projections, but a lot lower in our roster percentages than I think you and I thought, but Hertz and Lamar are two uh, quarterbacks. We like at running back. It's, it's CMC. Like I was going through the numbers, like he's two players in one last year in full games. He averaged 7.6 targets and over 16 rush attempts. So it's rare that you can find a player in our projections approaching 25 touches at any position and an 8,500. That is way too cheap for Christian McCaffrey. So for me, it's like I want him now because I I don't know if I'm going to pay for him when he's 10K in a couple of weeks. So uh, CMC is probably locked in for both of us.
1: Yeah, I put that in my article. I was like, we were literally trying to jam him in when he was like 9.8K. And now they're gifting us CMC's roll at, at 8,500. It's a no-brainer lock for me in cash as well. If you do want to drop down a little bit, we love the Chargers and Raiders game from a GPP perspective. I was shocked to see that a lot of those pieces aren't going to be that popular this week. So for me, I mean, that's all systems go in GPP, and we're going to talk about that game in a minute. But I love Eckler, 8,200. We talked about him on Tuesday as well. I'll also throw out Joe Mixon. Really positive splits in games where the Bengals win. We've seen Zach Taylor just lean on the run, and he's averaging just over 19 carries per game in contests where they win. Vegas is telling us they're a full touchdown favorite, six and a half point favorite at home. So he kind of fits what you're looking for. Workhorse running back, positive game script at home. My last one that I threw in just as a salary saver, we talked about it already. It's Damian Pierce, you know, 4.8K. Matchup is not great. Game script, probably not great. But if you really need the salary savings in cash, I don't hate it. Just to reiterate for everyone that, that did not listen on Tuesday, I'm not playing him in GPPs. This is a cash only play for me this week.
0: Yeah. on FanDuel, at 5,400, I wrote him in my cash picks and I said, it pains me to do this. <laughs> um, but he's he, he can 2x on his price in cash um and and i think he works for a lot of different builds um but yes i i will not be playing him in gpps and i hope i never mention his name the rest of the year he ugh, we will. there's we
1: will dang
0: it all right so yeah damien <laughs> pierce is the cheapy and then two other running backs that you and i have talked about a lot uh deandre swift aaron jones in that perfect kind of price point on both sides i, I like them both so for me, it's probably gonna be a stud, Eckler, CMC, probably in the next tier of Aaron Jones, uh, DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris. Like that's gonna be in the mix, and then probably figuring out if I want to flex a third. Like I, I think it's gonna end up being some combination of that, but um, it won't be Damian Pierce for me. I get it for people. I wrote it up, but it won't be for me. Uh wide receivers, right now it's that middle tier that we talked about on Tuesday. Michael Pittman. At fifty five hundred on DraftKings, Juju is fifty two hundred, Christian Kirk fifty one hundred. All of those dudes, I'm fine going with all three of those, but I bet at least two of those will be my lineup.
1: I think you almost have to on this slate. I mean, this could look silly, but I think the right way to play the slate, you know, is pay up for one of the quarterbacks, pay up for an elite running back, and then kind of just jam in these middle tier wide receivers. Because if you do pay up for CMC, you know, Hertz or Lamar, like you are going to have to pay down somewhere and. It's really thin this week. There's not a lot of plays that we can really feel confident in, especially at wide receiver that are down in the three ish K range. And so those, you know, those 5,000, 5,200 type guys really do fit a lot of builds. So I'm probably playing at least two, maybe three of them for sure in there. The names that you mentioned are the three that I have on my list Pity City, Juju, and Christian Kirk. I like a lot. I also will just throw out like, we love Justin Jefferson this week. We're going to talk about that game as well. If you can make your salary work to get up to him, absolutely in love with how he projects for week one and then i'll throw out two other cheap names if you do need to go down and save salary again it's kind of thin projection wise but Kadarius tony at 4100 looks like he will play this week he's had the most wild offseason dude like you know knee scope recovering in otas missed time in camp hamstring in camp off the field on the field like we don't really know what the projection looks like so it's kind of shaky for week one but we think he's going to earn targets Kenny Galladay looks awful. So, yeah, I think Tony's fine. And then Rondell Moore, just throw it out real quick. He's 4K. The, to me, this all comes down to the Zach Ertz situation. Like, if Ertz doesn't play with the calf issue, Rondell Moore has to be out there almost every snap, I think, unless unless Cliff is uh, making questionable decisions, which he has done before. But this team needs Rondell Moore with DeAndre Hopkins' suspension, so I think he's okay if you need the salary savings at 4K.
0: I don't trust Cliff at all. Cliff at all, like, just at all in terms of DFS purposes, like Hollywood's a really fun play 6,900 on FanDuel. I fine with that, but cliff week to week, I think is just, I don't like that. He got an extension this off season. I think that he's a little ahead of the game. Um, I need to mention. So you said Justin Jefferson on FanDuel. I think he's a value DJ Moore's a value at 6,400. And then if you're dropping all the way down, if you are one of those people based on your builds, you need a lower tier person I'm going to mention a player that I've talked about probably more than any other player this offseason. It's Chris Olave at 5K. That is as low as I think you'll see him this entire year on FanDuel. So I don't mind that if you want to go in that direction. At tight end, I've started to rethink a little bit about Cole Komet because, and you know this about me, he's just going to be popular. So at this point, what do I have to win?
1: I mean, it's fine in cash. I don't care about roster percentage at all in cash, personally. Kyle feels slightly different. I don't even think about it for one second. So I'm okay with Cole Komet. He will be popular. He's kind of the same type of thing as Pierce, though. Like, for me, okay in cash, no way in GPPs.
0: It's it's not so much the playing DFS part that, like, oh, he's popular. Like, I get that for cash. It doesn't matter. It's just for my own soul. Like, can I play this guy if everyone else is doing it? Like, that's anti-Kyle. So... 3,700 is so cheap compared to other options, but I really like Travis Kelsey at 6,600. Like, I'm trying to fit him in my lineup. I bet I will have one of Juju or Kelsey in my DraftKings uh, lineup. I just feel so safe with the highest team implied total. I want one of those players in my roster. And then the middle tier, we both like Dallas Goddard. I think he projects pretty well. The matchup's great against Detroit. Hawkinson's actually got a great matchup. We'll talk about that. And then on FanDuel... I like Kyle Pitts at his price at 6K. That's pretty safe. And then Gerald Everett, if you want to punt, is one of the better punt plays on FanDuel. For me, is that a no for you, dog?
1: (laughs) You love Gerald Everett. I don't understand how or why. But yeah, I mean, my personal philosophy is if I'm playing cash on FanDuel... You know, because the pricing is so soft, I'm always trying to get up to one of the top tier guys. And Pitts to me is kind of the quote unquote cash tight end this week. Um, we think Drake London's going to play based off what we've seen in practice, but just monitor if for whatever reason he doesn't, then you know Kyle Pitts' projection is going to look extremely um strong, especially on Fanduel.
0: That's that's what I said in my article. I said Fanduel, you know, it doesn't really matter because of the salaries that you can fit in a Travis Kelsey, you can fit in Kyle Pitts. So if you want to punt, I wanted to give you an option, and then let's finish off with defense. Is everybody playing the Commanders this week?
1: I think so. And in cash, like I get it. But again, in GPPs, there's so many good pivots. If you need to save a hundred bucks, I don't even mind going down to Pittsburgh. You have on the list Miami for a hundred dollars more. You can just take these price point pivots and you get off the chalk build. So in GPPs, no way, in my opinion, can you play the Commanders. They're okay if you think they're a great cash play. But I also just love flipping the build, build. like give me Jacksonville against Carson Wentz for a fraction of the roster percentage. So that's where I'm at with Washington. I don't even know if I'm going to play him in cash, to be honest with you. I don't think they project that great. Like Chase Young's still out. They might be also down a starting safety. So I'm not sure where this steam is coming from, that they're a great play. But they're fine. And really, when you're punting defense in cash, like truly, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, I have Miami right now in my uh, lineup. I think they're great. 2600. Pittsburgh's fine, twenty four hundred. We'll talk about some other sneakier plays, but there's a reason you and I always talk about just spend down at defense because it helps you so much. Now on Fanduel, I think it's a little different. Some of them are priced kind of up. The Raiders are the stone men at three thousand. If you just said I don't care about defense, they don't project well. Give me three or four points, and you want to punt that. That's totally fine. I also think the Browns are a better than you think play against Carolina if you want to go that route. So let's do that. Those are our cash picks presented by me and Betts. I wish (laughs) we had a sponsor there.
1: (laughs) We'll get one. Don't worry.
0: That would be so much better. All right. Let's talk about those games, the GPP life. You down with GPP? You and I get to talk through four different games here that we picked out. We think this is what's going to help you take down an entire slate. I mean you listening right now are going to be the person that takes down the millie maker that here's what I'm saying and then you gift Bets and I a quarter each, right?
1: That's right. That's in the contract. So, quarter each with the millie will be sitting pretty.
0: I how about this? If you are a listener and you win the millie, you do whatever you want with your money. Buy us at least something, just something really like lame. Doesn't even have to be super cool, but at least we know that we helped you win the millie and we say this to listener's all the time this happens. People say, I listened to your podcast. I took your advice. And then they send us a screenshot and says they won $100,000. And I'm like, how did I not win? I Apparently, I didn't take my own advice.
1: What you need to do, Kyle, is go back Sunday morning, re-listen to the show, pretend that you're a listener, not yourself, and you'll print.
0: I, I need to unlearn something about winning the Millie Maker because I still put in a couple entries. Are you playing the Millie Maker?
1: No, I'm not a big milli guy.
0: I know you're not. For the first week, it's only five dollars, but there's over a million entries, so I get it. But that is that is too cheap for me to not play. I, I'm I'm going to be playing the milli maker. Good our luck. listeners are playing. You don't Dude, you don't want to jump in with our bros and our and our girls?
1: I'm all about that positive EV life. Dang it! Give okay. me give me the small fields. That's where I'll be. <laughs> Just
0: bets by himself with about ten people <laughs> in a small field. <laughs> That's it. It's the only people he's hanging out with. All right, let's talk about the first game. It has the highest total of the week. Kansas City Chiefs at Arizona Cardinals. DraftKings Sportsbook line is Kansas City minus five and a half. And the over-under is at 54. Kansas City's team implied total is pretty. 29 and a half. But the Cardinals are sitting pretty pretty good at 24 and a half. Can the Cardinals get there? Like 24 and a half actually feels like a lot for this game. I know they're at home. I understand Kyler and and their pace-up metrics, and they have the highest no-huddle rate. I'm worried about this team hitting their team implied total. So from just a game perspective, do you expect the Cardinals to hit that?
1: I personally do not. And I generally think I'm going to be fading the Cardinals this week. And I want to be careful with how I'm putting that because there are spots where it makes sense, like we said in cash, Rundam, or not playing him in GPPs. But the reason that I'm necessarily on this game is just like we've seen – those pace metrics they change a lot over the years like this 2019 team that we had a couple years ago up in pace massive pass rate they're actually kind of slowly declining year after year and i don't know if that's just noise or if that's who they are but cliff is a tough guy to trust kyler is down as wide receiver one relying on a five foot seven slot gadget wide receiver as a primary playmaker with less than 100 Zach Ertz. so it's a tough sell for me outside of uh, hollywood obviously which i do think he's okay but in general you know, I, I kind of want to fade the Cardinals this week, which is tough because I love the Chiefs. So I'm not sure how I'll really handle it in GPPs. I just think there's more downside to this spot for Arizona than maybe the public thinks.
0: Yeah, and the hard part is finding someone other than Hollywood Brown to put your money on. I mean, James AJ Conner Green. would be the ob- AJ, no. <laughs> Are you going to have any exposure to AJ Green? Just to tell the people.
1: No, zero.
0: I can't see myself do... I, I none like he's probably not gonna be in my player pool at all because I won't be stacking this game as much um, I think Kyler's underrated based on his salary he's also somebody that you can single stack so that's what we like because he runs the ball we're just saying Kyler pick the other piece and apart from James Connor and Marquise Hollywood Brown it's kind of hard to really truly go there I, I looked at Kyler in one score games because that's what this projects to be He's averaged 282 passing yards, 39 rushing yards, and two scores a game. That is a really nice floor for a quarterback. Kyler's not showing up as high as I thought. Like It's like people want to go Hurts, they want to go Lamar. So I think that there's a route where you can just single stack with Kyler and then bring it back with somebody on the Chiefs' side. But it's pretty obvious people are going to be playing Juju or Kelsey. So if you're stacking Kyler, how are you going to have your lineups?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you were looking for a bring back on the other side of the ball, I actually love MVS this week. And I know he's been a guy that, you know, has been so boom bust, drops, deep bomb here and there, and then just disappears for four weeks. But, I mean, we want to embrace volatility in GPPs. And you look at the Chiefs, we know where the roster percentage is going. It's going to Juju and it's going to Travis Kelsey. I think Travis Kelsey's projection is strong and kind of a tough fade. Juju, like let's be real with ourselves for a second. There's a lot of projection happening here. I think you can poke some holes in the projection for Juju. He missed time with a knee issue in camp. You know, he's switching teams. He barely got paid in free agency. So there's not a lot of motivation for Pat Mahomes to force feed him the ball. I would much rather take a shot in GPPs on MVS at 4,700 on DK, where we want that long ADOT. We want that high, you know, upside type of player. And that's what he is. And you'll be okay with the down weeks. But when he gives you those splash plays, I think it works really well. So I like taking a shot on MVS this week, whether you're sacking him with Mahomes or as a bring back on a Kyler stack. Pretty interested in that.
0: No, I, I like that call a lot. I'm just curious because Kelsey projects super well. I like him in cash. I think MVS is a differentiator. I think Juju's really safe. I mean, any of these players can catch two touchdowns, but it's everything we've heard is that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be spreading the ball around more than what we'd like. Any thoughts on the running backs in this game? So like C.E.H., Any interest there, James Conner?
1: I think Conner, his role seems so strong, but it's just a matter of how you think this game plays out. And if you think KC comes out and performs well in this game, which I do, you could easily see them turn into a situation where Kyler has to throw. And it's not that James Conner can't play in the passing game. Obviously, he can. But there's been rumblings that like maybe they kind of want to work in an Eno or Darrell Williams or whoever on pass down. So I think in that situation, Conner's projection would look Much worse. That said, no one's on him. He's less than 10% in our roster percentage report. So I think it's fine if you want to take a shot. We know he has the goal line role. So he can fall in the end zone twice, as we saw last year over and over again. So I think he's okay. And then on the, the KC side with CEH, like to me, it's kind of an only game theory play. There's not a lot that you get excited about with CEH. We've seen him let us down in the past. His price point's pretty good, but the reason you would play him is just because no one is on him this week, and he's going to be a player that you can put in this game. If you think the under hits for some reason, just put in CEH. Maybe we think Kyler fails, like put in the Chiefs D and just get out of this game. So I don't love either running back personally, not high on them, but they're okay if you want to mix them in because no one's playing them.
0: All right, give me your Vegas pick.
1: This feels like I'm just going with the crowd, which terrifies me, but I'm going to lay the points with the Chiefs. Andy Reid, with time to prepare, is just money, so I'm going to lay it with the Chiefs.
0: I'm with you. I'm going to take the Chiefs. What's it at? Minus five and a half. I feel fine about that. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into Chargers and Raiders. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: This matchup that we have in front of us is exciting. Remember how the year ended week 18 with the Raiders and the Chargers and somehow our Chargers didn't make it in the playoffs despite being an exciting team, a team we like for fantasy. I just, the Raiders stumbled and bumbled their way in, got really fortunate. So this game has a 52 point total. The Chargers are three and a half point home favorites and the implied totals are pretty great for each side. You and I have had a conversation this morning back and forth about the Chargers because they're coming in lower than probably they should. Is it mostly just thinking, hey, Herbert, double stacking Herbert feels like something you can do almost any week, but this is a matchup where you definitely want to attack it?
1: Dude, I I cannot wrap my head around why no one is playing this game. It's the second highest total on the slate. Justin Herbert arguably has the highest ceiling in any slate he plays, and this game should be pretty high, you know, up in pace, like back and forth. So, you know, our conversation was me saying to Kyle, I, I can't understand why this is happening. And you said, I'm ready to lose money on the Chargers again this week. So, so we're in <laughs> on the Chargers and Justin Herbert stacks. Like in our roster percentage report, you know, I talked about Eckler a little bit in cash, but Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both coming in less than 8% right now of course that could change but as of now that looks incredibly strong and you just blindly bet on the upside of Herbert and his pass catchers in any matchup but especially this one so I'm pretty excited about Justin Herbert double stacks and GPPs if the field is going to be off that
0: I think the problem of with this game is there's so many different routes like normally we would say if we're playing the Chargers who's the running back because they ranked 30th in rush DVOA they're a team that would would gladly give it up on the ground it's almost like part of their scheme their defensive front has improved. They added Khalil Mack. But then you have to look at the Raiders side and say, who is the running back? You also have to look at their pass catchers and say, Devontae Adams looks like the dude, but Darren Waller projects pretty well. Hunter Renfro is a, another solid play. So there's a lot of different routes that you could go with those three pass catchers. And I want to play a running back. There's just no chance, apart from like a dart throw. I'm playing Herbert Stax and I'm bringing it back with Josh Jacobs. Like, I can't have any confidence in a Josh McDaniels running back. So I think there's just too many pieces here. Like I wish it was a little bit more condensed.
1: That's fair. But at the same time, it's week one and we don't really know what the target. Well, I share want to embrace like. it. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I'll take the L if it doesn't work. I want to be aggressive in stacking the scheme. I think the easiest fade and this pains me to say is to my boy, The GOAT, Hunter Renfro, who I've been an apologist for (laughs) for a while. And it was great last year. But, you know, Devontae Adams is going to command targets. And the whole Darren Waller situation with, like, the hamstring contract, whatever, we don't really know, like, what was what. I mean, probably most of the contract. But he's going to be out there. 5,400 on DK for Darren Waller against this defense is super exciting. So, for me, it's one of Adams or Waller if you can make it fit. And I just love, I mean, like I said, the matchup is great. No defense allowed more. Yards after the catch to the tight end position last year, including ridiculous stat lines of 7 104 and 0 to Travis Kelsey, 10 191 and 2 to Travis Kelsey. Waller himself went 450 and 1. Mark Andrews scored a touchdown. David Njoku went for 150 yards on a touchdown. Like they were just getting destroyed last year in terms of the tight end. So I love Darren Waller. He's not going to be popular this week because people want to pay up for Kelsey, drop down, save yourself a little bit of money and roster percentage and GPPs. I think it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yep. I haven't just, our stacks, our recommended stacks. If you wanted to go Justin Herbert, two uh, chargers, pass catchers, and then pick Adams or Waller, I feel like that's a great start. We also would say Austin Eckler is just a solid play in every single game script. He's going to be a dude that projects really well. So even if you wanted to get a piece of this game and just say, I want Waller on one side, I want Eckler. And at least I know I have something in the afternoon that is going lower roster than it should. I, I like that a lot. Any interest in stacking Derek Carr or is like we know what his ceiling is? It's like I don't know, like you can get to three hundred yards on DK, but last year he didn't even have a three touchdown game.
1: That's true, but he also didn't have Devontae Adams, and so I think he's large field stuff. I think he's pretty interesting. If I'm playing small field, like I'm, I'm zeroing in on the elite guys that can really separate. But I don't think it's crazy that Derek Carr can come out and have two seventy five to three hundred yards and somehow throw three touchdowns. With Devontae Adams on the roster. you know we just haven't seen it and so I think if you're going to play it this is the week to do it.
0: Can you double stack Herbert, Eckler and then also like a Keenan Allen and or Mike Williams like are you interested in double stacking? That's a, a pretty high price to pay.
1: That is kind of tough because the more expensive it gets the more upside you need so I think it depends on the field size that you're playing. If you're playing small field stuff you can kind of jam it in I think it makes it work but if you're playing the milli or if you're in these huge huge tournaments I almost think single stacking Herbert makes sense because relative to the price, they have to do so much more to get there to pay off for a ceiling perspective. So that's kind of how I lean. I think it's tough to make the salary work though for a double stack, especially in large field GPP. So I'm, I'm leaning single stack in large field, but dude, the idea of just jamming in Keenan and Mike Williams sounds so fun.
0: <laughs> I love it. I just think you can go Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Gerald Everett, any one of those options, double stacking with Herbert, I could see it work out. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind, especially on FanDuel. I like Herbert a lot on that site. So uh, give me your Vegas pick in this game.
1: I'm actually going to go against what I think the public is going to do, and I'm going to take the points with the Raiders. I think they're able to cover here.
0: Man, this is this is tough because I think yours is the sharper move, but I know what my heart wants. So that means I probably will definitely, I'm not betting it if I know what my heart wants, but I'll take the chargers minus three and a half because they're more fun. People say that I don't have fun on this podcast and I like the chargers. So there you go. Next game is the green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. This game has a 47 and a half total. And the Packers, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, are favored by one and a half. So dome game. So we need to keep that in mind. And last year, there were a couple of shootouts between these teams, and Kirk Cousins actually showed up to play, as did Aaron Rodgers. So I like this game because I think you could stack either side with either quarterback and hoping for 303 uh, in DraftKings. on FanDuel. I don't mind Kirk Cousins at all. But I think the running backs are probably the sneakiest part of this game, and I think they're going to be lost on this slate. So let's talk about those running backs. I'll let you first go with Aaron Jones, your boy.
1: I mean, I'm a little bummed. I'm not going to lie. I was logging in, checking stuff out, looking at where we think he's going to come in, and (sighs) he's going to be popular. I think he's going to be a little too popular. And I I hate to say anything negative about Aaron Jones. I think he's a great play, not considering the roster percentage, but just be mindful if you are playing him in tournaments. It looks like he will be decently rostered somewhere in the range of like 15-ish percent. So you're not sneaking by anyone with Aaron Jones, sadly. That said, the wide receiver room, dude, looks questionable to say the least. We have some breaking news into the show that Alan Lazard uh, reportedly did not practice today on Thursday. So Friday is going to be crucial for him to see if he plays. If he doesn't, like they're going to be trotting out Romeo Dobbs and Sammy Watkins. And we know Sammy Watkins does what he does in week one, but it is going to be the Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon show. So I am interested in both guys. Dillon to me is super interesting because it's almost like you get a chance to play it before you see it situation. Like We could be talking about both these guys in the 6K range every week because their roles are so strong. But right now, he's 5,300. You know We think there's going to be guys in that range, especially when you build your roster, that are going to get overlooked. And so if the wide receivers in that range are going to be very popular, you could just flip the build this week and go down a little at running back, get yourself some A.J. Dillon, and spend up for studs. That wide receiver is a really intriguing way, I think, to build this week in GPPs.
0: Can I tell you? So Aaron Jones is in my cash lineup. I love Aaron Jones. You mentioned earlier. But can I tell you what is shaping up to be my favorite play of the week? I mean, I'm saying like, I stared at the slate. I've stared at this for a while.
1: Does this get a gold star?
0: This is, I'll put it this way. This is my, this is our GPP play of the week brought to you by two dads, Borg and Betts. This is (laughs) is the dad special right here.
1: Let the people know who it is. It's Dalvin Cook.
0: Whenever I see a player like Dalvin Cook coming in under 5% in a roster percentage, that means GPP play, he's in my lineup, he's at home. I, there's just so many reasons to like this. We You and I have already said we're going to be higher on the Vikings this year. I took him to win the division. But here's his splits against Green Bay in his career. He's averaged 108 total yards a game against Green Bay, nine touchdowns, and two two-point conversions in seven games. So his splits are bananas. I wrote in our doc, he's treated the Packers like ragdolls, and there's major room for TD improvement. The public, what everything we've been fed this offseason, which you and I loved hearing, was that they were going to be more pass-happy. When you and I heard that, it wasn't just good for Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne. We took that as, this is going to be awesome. Awesome for Dalvin Cook. I mean, that's what Kevin O'Connell's doing. He's copying and pasting a lot of the Sean McVay stuff. And we know that for years that was good for Todd Gurley. So Dalvin Cook is my highest-rostered running back in best ball. And my favorite play for week one thoughts.
1: I love it. I always have a soft spot for Dalvin. One of my best weeks, uh, two years ago, I believe it was, was a sim- similar situation. No one played him. He was playing the Packers and he went off for like that four touchdown game. And what you're talking about, not to go to, you know, football guy on us, but if they're going to run three wide receiver sets, like he's going to run against pretty light boxes, I think. And that is going to open up things beautifully for Dalvin. We know he can catch the football, um Alexander Madison was kind of this like trade rumor type guy so maybe he doesn't even work in as much as he had in the past there are easy pass to Dalvin here with 20 plus touches and so you know you're going to get him like you said at five percent at that point he's kind of like Derrick Henry right if no one's playing him in GPPs you just bet on talent close your eyes and go for it so I will definitely be playing at least one lineup with Dalvin Cook this week
0: so on the Viking side would you do something as simple as either you're playing Cook and find someone else to correlate on the Packers side or if you're going to stack Cousins is it going to be Jefferson or are you going to add another piece
1: I think this week you can actually double him if you wanted to go Irv he's cheap at 3,400 but I think too I mean Thielen 5,400 it's not that expensive to do Cousins Jefferson uh, and Thielen if you think Kirk can come out and have a three touchdown game which he's shown he can do especially if we think this system is going to be up in pace more three yard receiver sets and pass attempts um, I like it a lot so I think Both options are in play. I'll probably play a couple lineups that have Kirk Cousins stacks and then a couple of just one-offs with Dalvin.
0: Yeah, I will be double stacking Kirk Cousins. There's a lot of different uh, combinations. So I don't even mind if you did Cousins, Cook, and then threw in someone cheaper like a KJ Osborne to get off Justin Jefferson. But Justin Jefferson's going to project super well. I don't really care about the matchup with Jair Alexander. If Alan Lazard doesn't play, Do things get a little thinner from a stacking Aaron Rodgers perspective?
1: I think so. I don't know how you can stack him, honestly. Like, unless it's Sammy Watkins, I'm not playing Romeo Dobbs. I'm not playing Christian Watson. Like, I just don't know how you do it. So I don't have really any interest personally, even if Lazard plays to stack Rodgers this week. I just think there's so many quarterback stacks that can beat him at that price point and guys that are lower, honestly. So for me, you know, it's pretty clear I'm kind of in on the running backs and I'm I'm mostly passing elsewhere.
0: It's hard because Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook, two players we like in the same game. That's like a DFS 101 like don't do. Don't put them both in the same lineup. So, I would probably set a rule where I'm going to if I'm going to play one, I'm not going to play the other. Uh, but who knows? Maybe I'll get weird. I like Aaron Jones too much. I know you love him too much and then we both like Dalvin I feel Cook's.
1: like though in this situation, if lazard sits, we would project Aaron Jones' pass catching role to also elevate. So I, this might be one of those scenarios where I think it's okay because we know the splits without the Bounte Adams for Aaron Jones has just been so much pass volume. So I think that is a rule in general. We definitely recommend this game specifically. I'm okay with it.
0: Good. I wanted to hear that because in the back of my mind is Aaron Jones is the wide receiver one of this team. He went nine for 129 in their playoff game. And we've been talking about him all off season from he could lead the team in targets or at least he could approach 80 or 90 it's totally possible. So like both of those players in here, give me your Vegas pick.
1: I wanted to come in and talk about the Packers. I'm actually going to take the Vikings on the money line. David Bakhtiari looks questionable. Elton Jenkins also looks maybe less, less than hundred percent or questionable. And if Lazard sits like there's so many injuries to the offense on green Bay. So give me the Vikings.
0: I will go the same route. Vikings money line put on the board. It's going to make everyone a thousand dollars. Easy please don't we're This rich. isn't real betting advice please don't um last game we're gonna talk about here your eagles and the detroit lions the teams that people are gaga over and they're probably gonna stink now this game should be great it should be good for dfs purposes it's been bet up right all the way to 49 now
1: yeah, yeah this opened up um when the Lions were first out months ago 46 and a half and steadily as the time has gone by it's all the way up to 49 now
0: that just tells me that people have been watching a little too much hard knocks and they're really <laughs> excited about it and they want the over and it's week one, but it could get there. Philadelphia is a four point road favorite. These teams play so different, like in terms of their style. Like we think of the Eagles as, hey, they're a heavy running team. That's where they were in the second half, but like they've been a pretty pace up team in general. And you can do that with Jalen Hurts. It's just how much are we going to get in terms of their passing volume? That's something that Detroit last year, they were terrible. They gave up the third most expected points per pass attempt. But in terms of pass attempts total, it wasn't much because teams were just throttling them so much. So Jalen Hurts, I'm going to set the line. I haven't looked at his pass attempts. I'm going to set it at 28. 28 pass mm, attempts.
1: That's a good line.
0: I, I'm good at this.
1: I, I think I would take the under. However... I do think there are scenarios where he can have a very pass centric game plan. As we talked about on the Tuesday show, when they played the starters in the preseason, it was all shotgun. It was all passing. You could tell yourself a story that that's what they want to be. We don't really know, but Miles Sanders missed most of camp with the hamstring issue. I would be surprised if he comes out and he's getting 20 touches as the focal point of the run game. So give me the Jalen hurts dropbacks. The reason I'll take the under is because I think he will drop back a lot, but if he runs a lot, then he will not throw the ball. So give me the under the pass attempts, but I do love him as a stacking partner for DFS.
0: Yes, I think it's really easy to say that he can be efficient. Um, they don't need the volume. You just think about the options here. Like AJ Brown's never needed volume to truly, you know, pay off. It's there's a lot here to like on their side. I think the running backs. A lot of people are just going to stay away from them. And for good measure, uh, AJ Brown is one of our. Lovely plays this week. Is at one of our starts of the week. Andy was all about him. I looked up the stat for him. In games indoors, A.J. Brown has gone bananas. He's averaged 97 yards a game and almost a full touchdown. So I think A.J. Brown is a really great play in both. I think you can play him in cash, but I think in GPP is probably even more fun. Um, what are your thoughts if you're going to stack Hurts with Brown? How are you bringing it back on the other side? Because I think Swift is the easiest option. But it, it wouldn't shock me if you went Amon Ra or if you went TJ Hawkinson. I think they're valuable plays.
1: Yeah, I think, and again, like it's week one. We're not exactly sure how the target share is going to break it down, but I've been bullish on Amon Ra all, all season. Why stop now? And for TJ Hawkinson, I've been generally lower on him, like all best ball season and stuff. I didn't take him a single time in redraft, but this is a nice spot for TJ Hawkinson, who, you know, the Eagles last year really struggled against the tight end. They gave up the most receptions to the position the highest catch rate in the league. So the way you beat them is in the middle of the field. They have those two stud corners on the perimeter. There is a path, I think, for Amon Ra and TJ Hawkinson to pile up enough receptions, especially on DraftKings full PPR, to get there at their price point. So I'm, I am am interested in those guys in, uh, in tournaments.
0: DeAndre Swift is set up to smash though. Like The Eagles allowed the highest opponent running back target share in the league, it's nearly 25%. And Swift is one of those players that in the right game script, like he can just be CMC level in terms of his involvement, in terms of getting receptions. So I like Swift a lot in this game. I have him in my cash lineup, but I'll be playing a lot of him. I think he'll be popular enough, but are you stacking the Lions side at all? Or are they mostly just bring backs?
1: No, for me, mostly just bring backs. I'm not playing Jared golf this week.
0: Yeah. I do think TJ Hawkins that I want to mention is a great play at 4,900. I think that you can get off a lot of chalk in a lot of different directions um Philadelphia allowed the most tight end receptions and the highest catch rate in the league so go there I just want to keep reiterating that but um any last takes on this game
1: uh no I think we hit on all the key pieces
0: all right give me your Vegas pick
1: I mean is there ever a doubt I'm taking the Eagles minus four
0: I'm definitely taking the Eagles as well if this game was in Philadelphia what would the line be
1: minus five
0: and a half man I feel like it would be closer to six or seven like I just think the Eagles are going to smash them. Like, I think their defense is much improved. I'm, I'm really excited about – I want Dan Campbell to cry. If that happens, it will be a, a happy day. And I want Amon ra to do nothing.
1: You are a sick individual.
0: Let's battle it out then. <laughs>
1: DFS Battle Royale.
0: Every week, Betts and I pick a couple of different categories. They're fun categories, but they can also help you in your DFS lineups. So first category that we have here, give me a stacking quarterback under six K.
1: It's so tough, man. Like because of the way DFS has evolved, the elite quarterbacks matter so much. But for this category, Jameis Winston is so cheap. He is buried in pricing. He's tied with Andy Dalton in pricing for week one. Andy Dalton is not going to play. So Jameis Winston, against Atlanta, you know, the Falcons Kyle, as you know, um, not great in the secondary. And you can stack him, I think, with a couple of guys. Alave, if you want to go Michael Thomas. I think there's ways to get there. So I'll take Jameis at 5.3K.
0: I put him in my cash pool for FanDuel as well. It's just too cheap. Uh, if he hits 20-plus points and the other quarterbacks fail, I think he did fine. Uh, I will give Derek Carr at 5.9. I think because that game is going under the radar, I think you can go there. I think you can double stack him and hope that you get... You know, all the touchdowns, none of them come on the ground. But uh, I feel like one of those running backs is going to be annoying. It's going to be like a Brandon Bolden week, or it's going to be a, you know, Josh Jacobs. Like, I just can't figure out the running backs. Give me a cash game running back under 7K. So you can't pick Eckler, can't pick CMC.
1: There's actually a lot of options for this one. I landed on DeAndre Swift. I just think the matchup and how he, he will score his fantasy points, full PPR against Philly. Giving it up to running backs last year through the air. Give me Swift at 6.8K.
0: I will take your boy Aaron Jones, who is their running back one and their wide receiver one at 6.7K. He's just too safe to me. And I think that he also has upside to get two touchdowns. We've seen those explosive games before. Who is a cheap wide receiver under 5K that you would play?
1: This is not a cash play. Do not play this guy in cash. I think in GPP, large field, dart throw territory, give me the rookie. That no one wants. Jahan Dotson at 3.4K taking on the Jaguars. Terry McLaurin's going to command those coverage. Jahan Dotson's role in the preseason, it's the preseason, was just as good as Terry McLaurin. So we'll see what shakes out. But I love taking a a shot on Dotson. He's just so cheap.
0: Give me another rookie. I'll take Wendell Robinson at the Stoneman at 3K. It's not pretty. It's the Giants. But he could see five plus targets. And at 3K, you're not needing a ton for him to pay off. Who's a punt tight end? You cannot. You cannot say Cole commit.
1: All right, fine. I'm going way off the board. Mo Alley Cox, 3.4K. <laughs> against Houston, if you want max leverage and you just want to get out of that game, don't play Damian Pierce. Don't play Michael Pittman. Don't play Jonathan Taylor, who, by the way, is, is a phenomenal play this week. Mo Alley Cox, two touchdowns, three point four K as a one off. I don't hate it in tournament.
0: I was going to cut that sound bite and just you say. Don't play Jonathan Taylor. That's what I heard. What you wanna, <laughs> I'm sure you should share that with every single person who's in their first fantasy league ever. They have a number one pick that took Jonathan Taylor, and they're listening to this Can't right start now. him this week. Sorry. It's just not a great matchup, you know. It's, it's Houston. <laughs> it's on the road. Uh, I'm going to go with Big Irv. Irv Smith Jr. Same exact price as Bo Cox, 3.4K. We love the game. We mentioned earlier Vikings and Packers, and you're hoping for a touchdown. That's really what you're hoping when you get towards the bottom or some volume. Who is a sneaky DST this week? We're not going to talk about Washington because they're going to be the chalk. So who's the sneaky one?
1: I love just playing the exact same defense across on the other side of the football. Give me the Jaguars, 2.5K. No one's playing them. Same price, so you don't have to change your lineup to get them in there. And let's be honest, we've seen Carson Wentz make some, we'll say questionable decisions in his career.
0: Miami is my favorite cash game uh, defense. They're in my lineup right now. I want to get off that Washington chalk. But a sneaky one I'll give you is the Chargers at 3.3. If that's a game that's going under rostered, I understand. Just too many pieces. What if the defense is that much better? Chargers are at home and the game hits the under and they just kind of milk the clock with your boy Sony Michelle. That's (laughs) he's gonna get just a ton of second half carries,
1: right? I mean, probably not.
0: (laughs) No, definitely not. But I think their defense is clearly talented enough to create some turnovers. Don't love the Raiders offensive line at all. It's one of those things. I was going to say,
1: horrible offensive line.
0: Yeah. So, spending up at defense is a way to get contrarian in tournaments. It's not something we would say at all in cash, but find games that everyone's in on or find games that project really highly. And if they go under, take the defense and see if you can work some magic. But let's debut a new segment.
1: Prop it like it's hot.
0: Each week, we will give a couple of props. All of them are available in the DFS Pass. Matthew gets to give those every single week when they come out. They're live. And then you update it throughout the week. So what's the count at right now? We're on we're Thursday. How many props do we have in there?
1: We've got six in there. I'm going to also just throw these in the articles so everyone has them. They forget what we said or whatever. So we'll have six in there already that we're going to have nine after today. And we're probably going to have upwards of 10 to 12 by Sunday. So plenty in there for you guys. Um, I would recommend for sure, like in Discord, what I've been doing is when I make uh, a pick, I will put it in the article and I will immediately, within seconds, just go into Discord and post the article and say, hey, it's updated so that people aren't just waiting around, like refreshing it to get that information. So that is the easiest way to know when things drop.
0: And lines do move. Uh, You move oh, yeah. the lines, bets, when you're throwing down those heavy Gs, you're just throwing it, throwing money around like it's no big business. I will say the prop that I mentioned last week, Tyler Bass, over one and a half field goals started at minus one Oh five. It's at minus minus one twenty five Now
1: we don't know if that's going to hit or not. Cause <laughs> we're this on Thursday. Oh, we could look it. silly when this, when this comes out. <laughs> so hopefully two field goals on Thursday night football.
0: So either when we're, people are hearing this, they're going, Oh my God, what a great bet. Or man, that was a stupid bet.
1: What idiots. Yeah. We'll see. All right.
0: Give me one of your props.
1: I don't understand this line. Russell Wilson, over one and a half passing touchdowns. It is minus 140, which I don't love that juice, but it's just too good to pass. I mean, Russ, in a revenge game against the Seahawks, when he averages 35-plus attempts, he goes over this mark, he averages two touchdowns. The dude's 6.2 touchdown rate is elite, and he was being held back by Pete Carroll. Now he gets Nathaniel Hackett with some great uh, weapons. I think he goes in there and just goes bananas on Monday night, so give me the over one and a half passing touchdowns.
0: I have Joe Flacco under 34 and a half pass attempts. It's minus 120. It's already moved since then. But I just think that volume-wise, it sounds really great. Oh, they're going to be behind a negative game script. But the efficiency is something that you don't always count on in these games. I think the Jets are not going to be good. I think the Ravens are going to steamroll them. And the possessions are not going to be as plenty as you think for the Jets. So give me Joe Flacco under 34 and a half pass attempts.
1: All right, let's wrap this up. We're going with our boy. It's Keenan Allen, and I'm taking an under. And this does not mean don't play him at DFS. I still think he's a great play. But I'm going under 23 and a half yards for his longest reception, which on DraftKings is bigger than Mike Williams' line, which to me does not make any sense in the world. How? We know. I don't know, man. I do not know. That's why this is the best, best place to bet. You know, you don't do lines and totals like props is where it's at. This line just doesn't make sense. It's 23 and a half. We know Keenan Allen is great for the volume he gets, but his efficiency has dropped. Yards per route run the last four years, 2.5, 2.01, 1.91, 1.78. He's getting up to that age where the efficiency does start to dip, so we're seeing that. But just 8.7% of his targets last year came 20-plus yards down the field. So for him to hit this mark, it has to be after the catch. It's just a bet against numbers that you think he'll have for his role. Love him for full PPR, volume he'll get. Hate the fact that we're counting on him to go over 24 yards for a catch.
0: I would put this line, like if I had to pick, let me try to set it for you, 16 and a half.
1: That's what I was thinking. Somewhere in like the 16 to 18 range.
0: Yeah, it that kind of, it's weird because Keenan Allen, if you remember the beginning of his career, he was a downfield guy. It's kind of like how Golden Tate was, like at the beginning of his career, he was down the field and then slowly transitioned as he got older to just kind of being, you know, low dot guy. That's where Keenan Allen's at. I love Keenan Allen because he's so consistent, because you can count on him to move the chains, but That is a great bet. I haven't done that yet, but after the show, I will make sure that I get on it. But before we finish out the show, let's get in the mailbag.
1: Mailbag.
0: You can send in your questions to bets at the fantasy PT on Twitter. I'm at Kyle underscore Borg, but the best place to get your questions answered by lovely people who love the DFS pass. They're great. Awesome. Kind folk. They will. Look at your lineups. They will pick apart things. They will tell you everything else is in our Discord. So, if you want to be part of the Fans Footballers Discord, there's premium channels for DFS and there's a premium channel now for props that we just opened, which has been just buzzing. You need to be a part of the Foot Clan at jointhefoot.com. So, make sure that you are a part of that. This first one actually comes from Discord. It's from Jay Ladderman. Thinking of some really sneaky slates, would it be dumb to take the Jags game? If you're going to stack that up, maybe you like Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, and then bring it back with Terry. And then following that up, do you feel like you approach DFS differently in week one bets than you do? So like, I normally would look at that Jags game and go, I don't care. That's a low total. Who cares? Are you thinking about it differently because of the public's thought of just how we enter into week one?
1: I think so. I mean, like we said, we know the least that we know about the season right now. And people usually are overconfident in what they think will happen. I mean, the reports on ETN have been great in camp. We talked about Christian Kirk. We like him. You know, you just have to throw away like the Urban Myers stink on this Jaguars team. Like they could be up in pace and throw a bunch what they've done with Doug Peterson in Philly. So I don't think that's crazy, especially in large field. And then, you know, you're never going to hear me say don't play Terry McLaurin in GPP. Absolutely love the dude. So that is a stack and a bring back. No one is on. And if you're looking to just get unique, uh by all means it's in play.
0: Terry McLaurin actually has pretty good splits when Washington is favored, which is something we don't see all the time, but their team implied total's fine. I think it's twenty three and a half. So I don't mind Terry. I think he's probably gonna go really low rostered because he was super boom bust last year. In fact, he was like boom like four times and then bust the entire time. So uh I think it's a sneaky play. Follow up question here from the fantasy formula on Twitter. How do you balance all the hype from the off season into making lineups for week one? Example, Damian Pierce is super cheap. He's going to be chalk. He's been the guy this off season for cash. Are you eating the chalk or moving away?
1: Yeah. He's a guy we talked about, you know, I'm okay with it in cash. No way in GPPs because of the fact that a lot of times in week one, there's so much projection that has to happen. And a lot of it is not based on what we know. It's what we think will happen. So, Again, football is highly volatile. We want to brace that in GPP. So if there are guys like that that are going to be popular, you know, most weeks it's okay to fade them, but in week one especially, I aggressively try to fade them.
0: I mean, I have my own personal bias against Pierce, but using that information just lets you know if I I think the field's going to do this, and this is what Pierce has to do to pay off at his price, then I want to just... I think there's tons of leverage by just staying away from him. I don't think you gain that much if... I don't know, is twenty percent of the field gonna be playing Damian Pierce? Fifteen to twenty percent? Is that high?
1: I could I could see it coming somewhere around fifteen. I don't think he's gonna be like outlandishly popular, but I think he'll be popular enough.
0: So I'm speaking mostly for like the Millie Maker. Because the entry is solo, five dollars, I think you're gonna get a lot of casual people that throw their money in there, like me, like I said, I'm playing the millimaker, but a lot of people that approach it as if it's redraft or if it's oh he's the hot new player, I need to play him. So if I see lineups that have a combination of Damian Pierce, Romeo Dobbs, like I'm just going to laugh, laugh my head off because those are really thin plays in GPPs.
1: So yeah, uh, no, thank you for either of those guys.
0: All right. This one's from Grant Robinson. Who do you think will be the surprise player? No one's looking for in week one. Grant, let me just say, if I knew this answer, I would not tell you because, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know the answer. So I'll think about it. You go first.
1: I was going to say cosign on that. I mean, it's not like no one's looking for this guy, but we just talked about him and we love Dalvin Cook and it seems like no one in the field is playing him. So he's not going to surprise anyone in terms of we know he's elite, but because he's not rostered, like he's the dude I think can come out and finish the the highest score on the slate at running back.
0: I, I'm biased because I want to say it's like Rex Burkhead. Like he's <laughs> going to be the guy over Damien Pierce. Rex Burkhead has been the guy a couple of times especially in our he has. section. He has. I know. I, I just want to state that for people. He's not going away. Do you think that Rex Burkhead takes the first snap? Like the mm. veteran's first snap? I actually don't. Okay. I don't know. I I would say that there's a chance, though. There's at least a 30% chance that Rex Burkhead takes the first snap.
1: Well, that doesn't matter. I, I'll take who, two or three and then get out of there.
0: Okay, but who who's the passing downs back there? That we don't know. I know. I just There's lots of information I think people aren't taking into account. There's a chance that Burkhead gets a start. There's a chance that Burkhead's the passing downs guy. And that eats into a player who's a, what, seven and a half home dog. There's just so many routes. So, I just wanted to throw out the name Rex Burkhead. I'll also say I love Elijah Moore this week, but I also think Garrett Wilson is just being completely overlooked. So, both of those players, I think, are set up as really good bringbacks this week. So, I don't know. I think the easier bet would say Elijah Moore, but the Ravens gave up the most 20-plus yard pass attempts, so one of those guys could hit, and you could be looking pretty if you're stacking Lamar with somebody else. So I'll mention that. Um, We have a dart throw section if you want to look that up in the Pace of Play article in the DFS Pass. There's more there. Next one, Javier Perez. Thoughts on which high total game has the highest chance of disappointing? He said, as much as I want Philadelphia and Detroit to be it, I feel like it's going to come in higher than it should be.
1: Possibly, yes. It depends on how you play it, and I think that's true for all the games this week. So, we've talked a little bit already on our Tuesday show and kind of in the stack for KC. I think there's more downside for Arizona. So, if there is one game that you're going to make me kind of fade relative to what the field might do, it's it's sounds silly, but it's the highest total on the slate. I think that that game can fail just because. I'm not sure Arizona can hold up their end of the bargain.
0: Yeah, I'm agree- I'm in agreement with you, and we're not saying don't play players. We're saying don't fully game stack this one. You can correlate, you can find different values, you can play them in cash. But I would agree, I would say Kansas City, Arizona is gonna be a little bit lower. It shows up really well in our game pay scores as, you know, up tempo, totals there, but when you start to fit the pieces together, it's more thinned out on the Kansas City side than you think. And Arizona, if you're not playing Hollywood or, or Connor, I don't really know where you're going. Last question is from Eric Gunderson at underscore big easy on Twitter. I had to throw out that handle. Who's better to stack with Jameis Winston this week? Is it Kamara or Chris Olave? Do you bring it back with Pitts or is that too much? I think the Saints will dominate. Sorry, Kyle.
1: <laughs> I agree, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, to answer the question on stacking, I just think the way Jameis Winston plays doesn't necessarily match Alvin Kamara's ceiling the way it used to with Drew Brees. So if you're going to make me pick one of the two, it's Alave. And then I do think you can bring it back with Kyle Pitts. Um, he is a little bit more expensive. Of course, we talked about his value on FanDuel over on DraftKings. You do have to pay up a little bit more for him. It's not terrible, it's 5,700. So you can fit in a Winston Alave stack, which is super cheap, and then a mid-tier guy in Kyle Pitts, and it makes it you know work pretty well. So I do think that's okay for week one.
0: It's hard with the total being that low to be able to say confidently this is a game you want to stack. Can it work? Yeah, yeah. like let's let's say this game gets to forty eight points, is that what you need in week one?
1: If the other games fail, it's possible. I will point out because the low total, I'm not really into this game on Fanduel. Whereas like you know, if Mariota has to drop back a ton and they're down two scores to the Saints, like you could see paths to pits you know, getting eight catches or something like that. So I think it's more viable on DraftKings with full PPR, but more of a fade on, on FanDuel.
0: No, I'm I'm with you. I Especially with Kamara, you're going to rack up a bunch of PPR points. Olave doesn't project well as seeing like 10 targets. He's somebody that, you know, maybe comes out and... I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, DJ Chark had a monster week one, but he had four catches. It was like four for 114 in and, and a touchdown. Like that's, that's the kind of week that you need out of Chris Olave... I think he's cheap enough and I think we will get those games in just a second but I won't be stacking this game I might do some correlations uh, and outside of pits like are you playing anybody else from the Falcons I'm not yeah I'm not either there's, there's just not a lot there it's totally fine hey I'm totally fine if we go three and 14 totally fine with it my bank account <laughs> would love pick, it baby. and the number one pick well, I, would, I would be totally fine with it if you want to play with us once again go to ballersdfs.com. You get to enter the league, and then after you enter the league, make sure you enter our week one contest. It has a 1,000 people, $5 entry. There's lots of other smaller contests that we'll open up. I'll open up a Battle of the Borg and a Battle of the Betts where nine other people get to take us on just like a little mini, little small field where Betts likes to hang out, just, you know, with those small field people. Uh, So make sure you go to BallersDFS.com, invite your friends, tell your wife, tell your kids, tell everybody you know. It is a great, great time. But Betts, sign us off. It's week one it's coming
1: it's unbelievable that it's actually here enjoy the football this weekend enjoy dfs hit us up in discord with questions and look for our dfs best plays article out on saturday as well as the ross percentage report good luck in week one go win the friggin millie Maker.